Greetings, Retreat Church. And once again, it is wonderful to have this opportunity to bring the Word of the Lord to you. And um, as you grab your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 6, just have a few quotes for you by way of introduction. Is this, Einstein believed that if he was given 20 hours to solve a problem, he would spend 18 of those hours understanding the problem and only two hours on the solution. Rick Warren also adds something interesting to problem solving when he says life is a series of problem solving opportunities. The problems we face will either defeat you, us, or develop us depending on how we respond to them. And we have indeed come to a place in the scripture here in Acts chapter 6 where there are a great many problems that are to be dealt with, and they, there's one in particular problem that arises in Acts chapter 6 that um, looks very similar to some of the things that we are facing today in our country, and I know that I'm a pastor and um, I'm speaking primarily to believers, um, many of you who listen, a majority of you who listen or watch online or are part of our congregation are already following Christ, and this church, or this issue here in Acts chapter 6 is, is one of those in-house issues that have a bearing on what takes place outside. And, and I know that my job as a pastor is to speak to God's people from God's Word and in hopes that the church will be transformed in such a way that it speaks out into the larger culture, and that larger culture then begins to come to know Jesus Christ as well. And when we look at this problem found in Acts chapter 6 that I believe resembles at least some of the problems that we are facing in our nation today, I pray that the church is spending adequate number of times listening adequate number of hours paying attention, trying to understand the problems of our current culture. And I believe that the problems that we face today are opportunities. They are opportunities to preach the gospel. They are opportunities to love one another that think differently perhaps than we do. It is an opportunity to change and an opportunity to grow an opportunity to once again seek the Lord in prayer and ask Him to search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us, anything that needs to change within our own hearts and allow God to speak in very profound ways through His Word and through His people on issues of current culture. And Acts chapter 6, as you know, follows Acts chapter 5. That makes way too much sense, right? Chapter 5, chapter 6. And then in, in chapter 5, we notice that, um, and actually chapter 4 as well, chapter 4 and 5 is this community coming together, and they had been extremely persecuted because of their faith in the resurrection of Jesus and their following of Jesus' teachings. And as they believed in the resurrection and as they followed Jesus' teachings, they had to kind of huddle together in a community. And in order to meet the needs of each other in the community and make sure that everybody had sufficient um, means to live, many sold their properties and many sold their possessions and they brought them to the apostles' feet. And the apostles then began to distribute those to whoever had need. And, and it was this community 
that had to depend upon itself in order to, to thrive. And this community started to get sent out all over that part of the world. This community was made up of people that um, weren't all the same. And so when we start looking into this community, and right away in Acts chapter 6, we see a problem arise within this community. It says here in Acts chapter 6 verse 1, now in these days, the days I just described to you, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists rose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Now, here you have this problem, which we'll get into in a moment, but I want to focus our attention on the people of the first century who solved this problem. And I'm entitling this message today, Problem Solvers, because that's what I think our, our nation needs. I think that's what our church needs. I think we need people to be um, brought into leadership that know how to solve problems. And we have enough rhetoric. We have enough um, anger. We have enough hate. We have enough division. We have enough blame. We have enough of this, all of this, this noise, this cultural noise that is in the church and out of the church. We have enough. We have enough of the noise. What we need today are problem solvers. And I believe that in this text, I think the problem solvers are defined. And you're going to hopefully see some things in this, in this passage that help you become a problem solver. So I want to talk to you this morning about people who solve problems. In verse 1, as I've read, you had the problem. Very interesting problem, isn't it? When you look at this and who the problem um, is, exists with, you have these Disciples are increasing. The church is growing in number. People are coming to know Jesus Christ because the, the gospel is being proclaimed. The resurrection of Jesus is being witnessed to and witnessed about. And as they are moving forward, many, many people are coming to faith in Jesus. But remember that culture, that, that, that community that I described. There was a problem within this community because there were some in this community who believed that their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And these that brought the complaint were in the ESV called Hellenist. And now these particular people, these Hellenists, were followers of Jesus. They were Greek-speaking Jews. And so they were Jewish, but yet they spoke Greek and had a cultural background of being Greek. Most likely they were Jewish people that had been dispersed into Greek territory and had been maybe um, born in Greek territory, but nonetheless they had a lineage of being Jewish, but they had a culture and a makeup and a language that was Greek. And they felt like they, their widows were not getting the same attention as the Hebrew widows. So there was an equality issue going on, a cultural issue going on. Now these Hebrews, they were the Aramaic-speaking Jews of this day. They were the ones with the Jewish heritage and the Jewish background. Um, the disciples at that had started with a Jewish following. You understand that Jesus himself was Jewish. And as they were the ones that were in power, the apostles were primarily Hebrew. So you had the leaders being Hebrew. You had a lot of the makeup 
here being the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews, but they felt that their widows were being neglected. They felt like the people in charge weren't treating their members, their part of the community, fairly. Now, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, this resembles at least some pieces of what we're dealing with today. And I understand it does not deal with the, with the totality. I, I, I get it. I'm not trying to say that in one verse of Scripture we have defined for us all of the race issues and the economic issues and the cultural issues. But I do say that within this one verse we do have a problem that comes very near what we have today. That you have people part of one community, different cultural backgrounds, one in charge, those that are not in charge feel like their people are being neglected, and here we have this problem. And how were they going to solve this problem? I observed in this text in verses 2, 3, and 4 that there are, that problems are solved by leaders. Problems are solved by leaders who? And let's just look at these real quick as a list. Problems are solved by leaders who, number one, include those who complain and are complained about. Look at the first part of verse 2. In the tw- excuse me, and the twelve summoned all the number of disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. There's verse 2. So immediately, as soon as the complaint was heard, the apostles didn't ignore it. The apostles didn't deny it. The apostles didn't get defensive. The apostles simply gathered all the people together and said that their job was to preach the gospel. Now they're going to include everybody in the solution. Gather them all together in one place to figure this out. That's what these group of leaders were doing. A separate observation is that these leaders stayed focused on their own task. You see, the apostles knew that they were sent out as apostles to proclaim Jesus as Lord, to preach the gospel, and they could not stop doing that to meet this problem. It wasn't that it was a task less than them. It wasn't a task that was menial. It wasn't belittling the issue. It wasn't ignoring the issue. It was, in fact, keeping all things equal and saying that their role was to preach the gospel. Therefore, others needed to be raised up into leadership. Others needed to be brought in to the authority to make decisions and to take action. Others needed to be empowered. Those that felt like they were pushed aside needed to be included and empowered. Those that feel like they were doing without needed to be brought in and empowered. And the the apostles, however, needed to stay focused on their task. They couldn't try to do both because then they wouldn't do both very well. They couldn't stop doing what they they were called to do, but yet this problem needed to be solved. So they included those that complained 
and those that were complained about. They stayed focused on their own task. Thirdly, they required the taking of responsibility. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says this, Therefore, brothers, this is the whole Hellenist group and the whole Hebrew group, brought them together, and it says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven good seven men of good repute full of the holy spirit and of wisdom who we will appoint to this to this duty amazing 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 because here you you have these leaders including everybody staying focused on their task and they took those that had the complaint and they brought them in and they empowered them to do and to take responsibility for solving the problem. But yet they also delegated to the right people. They didn't just bring up any person. They didn't just bring up any random individual. They had some qualifications. They said, these apostles, these Hebrews, they said, we're going to bring in all of the Hellenists, we're going to bring them in, we're going to put everybody in one place, we're going to solve this problem, we're going to take those that have the complaint and we're going to bring them into leadership, we're going to give them authority, but also as apostles they were going to say these are the type of people that are needed. The type of people that are needed are those that have a good reputation, in other words they've behaved well, they were highly respected. They were people of the community that had a good standing. They had a good moral aptitude, a good spiritual aptitude. And what happened then? They were required also to be full of the Holy Spirit. And they were required to be wise. And notice, in this place, when they were delegating to the right people, notice that it wasn't a belittling or a rejecting at all. Notice it was not a lording it over them. It was a bringing them in and sharing the responsibility and sharing of the resources. Remember, this was a community that was trying to meet everybody's needs. This was a community that was selling their own property so that others would have enough. And this was a community of people, of problem solvers, because they understood their role. They understood that they were to be witnesses of Jesus. They were followers of Christ. Maybe they remembered that Jesus says that they will know you are my disciples for your love one for another. And so, as they were doing these things and remained devoted to their own role, look at verse 4. The apostles say, but we... We'll devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So they stayed focused. They brought others in. And then notice verse 5. Verse 5 is the one that maybe is most shocking to us today as we look at our culture. And it seems to me that in our culture we are so divided. We have blue and red. We have black and white. We have Republican and we have Democrat. We have all of these things going on. And I'm wondering, is there anything that we agree on? But notice verse 5 says, And what they said pleased the whole gathering. The whole gathering. Somehow these apostles, because they gathered everyone together, 
because they brought others that had a complaint and felt like they were being held back. They brought them in. They required responsibility. They gave authority. And then they, had, they set standards. And this pleased everyone. Can you imagine somebody standing up in our culture today, somebody getting some sort of leadership position to where they would give a solution to something and all people would look and say, great idea. Great idea. Is this kind of unity possible in our culture today? I pray that it is at least possible within the church. That we would agree that this passage lays out for us a road map or a list of qualities that we must start to grow in and that we must start to move in and actuate and to live out at least within the, the people of God. And that's where I'm called to speak. Those are the people that I'm called to lead. And I understand throughout the Scriptures that judgment of God starts within the house of God. And so, they remain devoted. But also, in this, as this solution pleased both sides, and I think the reason that it pleased both sides is because of the things that we've been talking about, because they, they did it in a right way. And then finally, verse 6, they transferred their authority. Look at verse 6. It says, and they set before them, or excuse me, i got to back up and read in verse 5. And they said, what they said, pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurius, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, the proselyte of Antioch, these they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. In other words, they transferred their authority. They gave authority away. That's what the laying on of hands is. It's a transfer. So all of the authority and the calling and the, the, the role that the apostles had, they brought in these and that were, that were qualified, these that were raised up by the whole community, and they transferred their authority upon them and released them to do their ministry. Now something very, very interesting with this, because as these leaders were functioning this, in this way, we also come to understand that, people, that problems are solved by community members. So problems are solved by leaders, but problems are also solved by community members. Now, these community members, these chosen proper participants, these names that are given to us in verse 5 are all Greek names. They're all Greek. Interesting. Interesting because it was the Greek-speaking Jews that had the complaint about the Hebrew Jews. About the Hebrews. And so... These people were the ones that were complaining, and now these people that were complaining were given authority and given power and welcomed in and allowed to be part of the solution and then empowered and then given the responsibility to take responsibility for that which they were complaining about. Do you see the balance do you see the beauty in this? Do you see that those that were getting complained about did not ignore the problem? Did not dismiss those who were complaining? 
did not get defensive, did not lie, did not hide behind their places of authority. And do you also see that those that had the complaint were willing to take responsibility and that those in the group that was complaining had solid leaders, quality, leadership quality people, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. These people stepped into this place of authority and fulfilled their roles as a Christ follower. This is a beautiful scenario. Within six or seven very simple verses, this major problem, this cultural problem, this problem where those that were in charge weren't treating those members of the community properly, and where those people in the community that felt like they were being mistreated were able to step up and take responsibility for what was taking place. And this pleased everybody. And beyond that, verse 7 tells us that the problem was solved. Verse 7 tells us, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many priests became obedient to the faith. Now ladies and gentlemen, division stops all progress. When the goal is to preach the gospel, which is the mandate of the church, but yet when within the community there's division and problems that need to be addressed, when those problems are addressed properly and unity is restored, and those that are in charge have empowered those that had a complaint to take responsibility for what was taking place, and when those two come together, the gospel is spread, and even those others in authority, the priests of the day became obedient to the faith. The priest today became obedient to the faith. Notice, church, that the church handled its business in-house, in a concerted method, with good reputation, with wisdom, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is then when the leaders outside of the church were changed. I hope you're following me today. I hope you hear me today. Because it wasn't as though this community that had a complaint went to the directors of the community, went to the priest and said, fix this problem. They did not. The, prob the problem was not addressed by the overall outside leaders those leaders that were outside of their community, outside of the church. Christians today, we have to take responsibility for what is taking place within our own community, within our own nation, within our own world. And we have to solve problems and behave in such a way that enables us to get reunified when we are divided. For when we come back and are unified, we will preach the gospel and then our government perhaps will be changed. I am a firm believer that our government is a mirror of the members of our society. So if we, the members of our society, have complaints about our government, we put them there. I realize as a pastor, I need to stick to theological issues. I need to stick to teaching the Bible. I understand that. 
but I also understand that I have a role to speak into the lives of Christ followers, to encourage you to actually follow Christ in a way that is consistent with the Scriptures that we have been given. And we must take care of ourselves. Perhaps political leaders in America would become true Christ followers. Many are. Many are not. I don't know. I don't know who is and who's not. That's not my deal. But I do know that if the church would be unified and be a model of unification to the larger culture, perhaps the larger culture would change. And so what I am calling on today from all believers in Christ to hear this in any other message is that you would be a problem solver. That you would be a person of good reputation among those that are both in and out of the church. That you would be a person that is filled with the Holy Spirit. That you would be a person of wisdom. You know, wisdom, as we finish up today, wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. And it feels like today that in our culture we have an overwhelming amount of information, an overwhelming amount of words, an overwhelming amount of truth claims, an overwhelming amount of opinions and ideas, a wealth of information to be had. However, can we apply that knowledge? Can we apply the information in such a way that solves a problem? Be a problem solver today. Let's pray. Father, we pray today that You would take Your Word and place it deep within our hearts. And I know, Father, that we live in a place, again, again, of, of culture divide. And um, Lord, i I be honest, I don't know of a time when um, people weren't divided. We just read from this first century history book where there were cultural problems, where one culture felt like it was being ignored and their needs weren't being met, that they didn't have opportunity. But yet we, and we have another culture that had the authority, that had the resource. Father, to me, just a pastor, to me, this looks very similar. Again, Lord, I'm not saying that in its totality it's the same, but it looks very similar. And I believe that how these people handled this problem in such a way that it pleased both groups, in such a way that it brought unity to where the gospel continued and leaders outside of the church became followers of Jesus and were included in the church and true change took place. And so Father, I pray today in a world that is crying out for change that You raise up some problem solvers in the church today. May You fill them with Your Spirit. May You fill them with Your wisdom. May You put them in places where they can have a good reputation in their, in their society, in their cities, towns and raise up a new generation of problem solvers for this day. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time.